Hello, this is Sven, and I'm giving a little introduction because this episode was recorded at the Hogshoot Opry. Uh, Opry? Did I say it right? I was able to get a hold of Rebecca Rigo, who just happened to be playing that evening at the Hogshoot. She had a little bit of time and said, yes, let's talk about a song. So this interview was recorded on my phone, and you may hear some sounds of nature. You may hear some sounds of rock and roll and country music and all the great things that make hog shoot, well, the hog shoot. So pack up a big cooler full of all assorted beers ready to share to everybody and enjoy this episode with Rebecca Rigo. But first... Enjoy this out of context cold open. Also, like, learn about your senses more and how to taste better and smell better, and in, in a way that helps you be kind of more present and, like, see art better as well. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with the songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. I'm here with uh, Rebecca Rigo, and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, her song, Worst Days, off the album Speaking of Witches, which was just released today, but when I actually release this uh, episode, it'll be out for like two weeks, so you should have listened to it already, people. <laughs> so, um, but Rebecca has been uh, part of the CU music scene, and then has gone on to bigger and better things in in. Was it Louisville? I live in Louisville now. Okay, excellent. Rebecca, mm-hmm. welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. This is uh, exciting. We're going to listen to the song and then we'll just get talking about the song. They think they know about cold 
I guess my first question that I always like to ask is, um, because of the way that this song is constructed, I always wonder, did this, was this something that kind of came out of the words, or did you already have something on the guitar, or what, what was like the, what, how do you usually start the skeleton of a song? song. Yeah. Um, yeah, and people ask that a lot. I feel like I'm kind of one of those people where, there's times where I do get a little bit of a melody and then kind of start to fill it in. And I sort of, when I do that, then I sort of like do a free write and kind of start figuring out what that song is going to be about. Um, gotcha. And then uh, it'll sort of come to me. But this one, I think it was more of the same time kind of thing. It okay. was like, I, what I, one thing I do is if I hear one little line, like while I'm doing something, I write it down and I go, okay, that's a cool line. That would be a cool start. To a song. So with this, that is how this song started. It did start as a cool line that I heard. And, um, but then like the, when I was just like hanging out, you know, the rest of the song sort of all came together as one kind of thing with the music and everything. So yeah. Yeah. Very cool. It's very buggy out here. It is very buggy um, out here. <laughs> but, uh, okay. so yeah, with, with this song, um, did it already have kind of in that, arpeggio kind of thing going that slow arpeggio going through it or was that like um did you actually start with just like chords on the yeah. guitar and then it that's that's part of the framework that kind of comes together when you bring it to the band and yes and that is definitely something that happened i think when i brought it to them it was so simple and i could play you know i could play it for you right now and it would sound totally different because mm. it's just very simple chords and and then yeah and they came up with that piano part that kind of starts it mm. in the beginning and that was just really cool because i remember when we were writing it together we were like oh what about this and then it just like sort of all formed into this thing yeah yeah, and there's that kind of nice line of the electric guitar, clean electric guitar that's kind of doing... Uh, trill is probably not the right word, but yeah. there's kind of a... Um, there's that, that, like, trill as it finishes the phrase. Yes. So, or, or at least that, that chord progression 
it transitions. It does that little trill, it and does. that's that's one of those things that probably cropped up. So how do you bring a song to the band? I think now this is our third record together, um, and we've had two new members that have joined since the last. So now we are six people. It's a little, like kind of a bigger band, um, but we just sort of all get together. Um, and then just kind of start playing through it. Like, we'll just kind of start and see where our ideas are going. And, you know, and both of, and all of us are like, yes, that is cool. Or no, that isn't cool. And then we just sort of like work through it in that way. But it kind of is amazing how fast it did come together on this one. Like how fast we just kind of got in a room and these songs were just like written very quickly. So, yeah. And well, and I got the impression, um, so this was recorded back in the winter. It was, I, I don't, I'm not particularly familiar with the studio that you recorded at, but uh, it was with Bo Sorensen. Was it, let's just go through this and get get this work through, and um, yeah. like, you had all the songs like lined up, and you're like, let's, let's just do this. I had, um, we... So I had been talking to Bo about doing a record for uh, like about a year and we were kind of figuring out where we were going to do it because it was our second record working on things together. Um, And then we got the chance to go to April Base, um, which is in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And um, it's um, run by Justin Vernon. So it's his studio that he owns. So um, yeah, and so that seemed like such, it's, it's a pretty because Bo has a really good relationship with him and, right. and like other artists in that sort of group of friends yeah. that's kind of how we got the chance to go there and so I was like we need to make another record because this is an amazing yeah. chance to go here and do this so um, there were some songs like in the works some that were forming um, and I sort of just started coming you know the, the band was living back up in this area still in Champaign and I was down in Louisville so I started coming up every week and we were we just did it in like maybe three or four weeks we like put a bunch of songs together and made this record yeah yeah very cool and and was this this was almost the same uh, except for the additional two members for Lay Your Weapons Down. And that was also done with uh, Bo Sorensen, correct? Um, like yeah, the recorded? Yeah, James Strickler here a little bit in Champaign, and then also we went to San Francisco and mixed it with Bo Sorensen, yeah. So let's get dig back into this song and, like, its roots. And, like, so if you started, you started out with kind of both words and... The, the music coming did uh, coming through. Did you did you know what your intentions were for how the song would come about? I wasn't exactly sure if it was where it was going to go. If it was going to be like a you know fast or slow song or whatever yeah. you know in that sort of way. But it, that sort of just like formed organically. I felt like when we did start that writing process, the song itself is is one of my favorites because. I feel like the right the lyrics. I don't know. I mean, I I love the melody of it. I love like how it flows and everything. But I love the lyrics in it too. Like that's yeah. one of my favorite parts of it. So a lot of people think it's about me, and like every song is about you in a way. But it's kind of not. It's about another person that I knew, um, oh. and it was about also yeah. So being in Kentucky and like you know. Um, like just kind of talking to these new people that I was meeting there and sort of like some of their stories and so that's where that came from but um, there's also like just a few lines in there where that always like whenever I sing them I'm like oh god that's such a there's like as a songwriter when I hear lines that other people write like like Jason Isabel is one of my favorite songwriters <laughs> or like Phoebe Bridgers is one of my favorite songwriters and like in, like recently I've just really gotten into her 
And like, there's some lines where I'm like, oh my god, I wish I would have written that line. It's yeah. so good. And there's a couple in this song where I'm like, I'm happy with that. I'm ha- I've been doing this 15 years, and I'm finally like, oh yes, I'm happy with that line. That's a great line, you know. So yeah. that that makes me happy. I think you may do this some other time. Of course, I, I as I drove over here to the hog shoot, I was like, okay, I gotta listen to this on repeat. And so I listened to it a few times. I mean, I've listened to it before, obviously, yeah. but I was like, let's let's hear, you know, almost the car test, right? Yeah. Um, so as I was listening, I'm like, you pointed out that there's certain lines that you really, really like, and there's that one line. It, it's about. The, I feel like a ship with a shipwreck without a crew. Oh yeah. And and okay, so I screwed up. It's actually our love is like a shipwrecked crew. This lyrical error brought to you by Sven's dyslexia. Sven's dyslexia. It make better word whack backwards for the thing with the stuff. Yay. The thing is, I felt like. Because you add all that harmony in there, yeah. like that's your emphasis on like that being one of your favorite lines. Yeah. And I don't know, is that one of your? It is one of my favorite. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, one of my favorite lines. Yeah. Because it, it just kind of hit me uh, some of the some of the lines that you. So is is there a particular story that you like to share about that that like where this comes from? Because uh, I know how I feel when you talk about remembering someone and and wanting to uh like hold on to every little bit like i don't know like when i'm when i miss the dog that i had I, i'm always like oh you know when they they rolled in something and you're like oh that's just that awful and i know i'm not trying to diminish it but that's those are the yeah. the mental process that i go through where it's like I even try to remember the bad stuff because it it creates the full picture, right? It's a full and I and I yeah. and I feel like that's to me that's what this song is about. Is mm-hmm. like how do you form a picture of the whole person in order to really remember them? Yeah. And so maybe that's I, I, I'm hoping I'm interpreting. Well, I'm interpreting it. So, but um, if that's kind of the the picture you were you were. I, bring it oh out. yeah, that's definitely it. Like, um, oh, it just like got me kind of emotional when you said that. But it's true. It's like the song started from a woman I was working with. She was at my, the restaurant I work at in Louisville, and her dad passed away suddenly. And so she was like, she was just like working through that a lot. And then she also got cancer at the same time. And like a lot of my songs are from these people that I you know work with in the service industry because right. it's like we just we. I don't know. People are just so much open. Like I've yeah. worked a lot of jobs, and people are really open. <laughs> like yeah. when you're in that yeah. industry, when yeah. you're standing around hanging out together, and um, so yeah, so that's kind of where that line starts in the beginning, where it says, "By the time I left South Florida, people always ask me after these shows now, like, are you from?" So-? I'm like, "No, I'm not no. from there. That's her. She's from there." But she, she was doing that. She was like, she was hashing these all these ideas out yeah. of her father. Um, and at the same time, I had just moved to Kentucky, and I was living alone, and I was, I did one night, I did hear my neighbors fighting, and they were like, and I, I was just kind of like, oh man, just in one of those really lonely kind of places, yeah. and I thought like, man, at least they have somebody to like fight with, like that's really, oh. that sounds pretty nice, you know, like to just have that. So that was like an emo, it was like kind of a combination of those two things, it was like, you're right, like getting those ideas of the whole picture of who somebody is and really like 
putting that in that that memory bank, you know, um, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's kind of where it came from. It came from. So you just released. Speaking of witches, is there like a story behind that title? The title. Yeah. Um, it just came to me one day. I was just kind of. That's another one where I was like, speaking of witches, I think that's a great great title I wrote it down yeah. I thought that'll be the title of the next album I wasn't I hadn't really written many songs yet I hadn't written the song speaking of witches yet and so I just thought that's a great title and so then I worked on the song and I I put it together and it's um it comes from the idea because moving to Kentucky there's just a lot of like connection to the earth there a lot of connection to like um sort of the mystic and like unknown and it was weird when I first moved there how many people would be like like I went there as soon as I moved there my friends were like oh I go to see this medium all the time like it was like um, the people were like talking about how they went to go see mediums like they went to see therapists and like went to see and like really connected with like crystals and like healing energy in like a lot of different ways and it wasn't rare and it wasn't weird like I was talking to like very like you know mainstream people about yeah. about that and they were like oh yeah yeah my grandma always goes to see her medium or whatever and my the roots of my family history are in the south and I had never lived there before and yeah. so I immediately like connected with that feeling I was like this is what I've always kind of been in touch with in my okay. own life and I really love the ideas of like energies and ghosts and all that stuff and so I just kind of really dug into that um, living in wow. Kentucky and so yeah it's just that's sort of where it comes from it's it's sort of this adventure to Kentucky diving into the culture there and kind mm-hmm. of seeing like how they're connected in all these different ways so yeah wow well when you first said you know connected to the earth i was thinking oh well you know it, it everything of their main industry is all about like digging things up from the earth yeah. or or creating things from the earth so i think well you know they they're so proud of their water because yeah. they can use that for because it gets filtered through the limestone and make their bourbon right. and you can look at like their horse industry which is also because of their water right. and because of the and earth and the ability that. Nobody, yeah. not many people know that i was like why do they have the horses here it's because of the yeah. water yeah it's so weird yeah. and also you know i also think about the coal industry right so you're also digging into the earth but anyway i don't know if that was just a side tangent but that that's what popped into my head when you were talking about being connected with the earth and i just recently returned from lexington oh yeah and um it's very it's very much uh, it, it's this very interesting feeling of you there's so many old yeah. older buildings oh gosh that um you're like how is that how is it possible that 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 still there's a whole they they hold on to this tradition so heavily and it's and they hold on to their buildings and they're very historic and mm-hmm. I don't I don't get that sense up in in the north of, yeah. of or even in the Midwest you know for the most part yeah. other than in the south is that 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 connection again of the older buildings but yeah anyway that was my little tangent but I was just thinking about oh it's true and Louisville there's all these and it's kind of like some of it's you know just people always talking but um, a lot of like of the rumor and things that people say is that Louisville is one of like the most haunted cities in oh, like, really? America and it's because it is really old it's like one of the oldest the, the buildings are so many buildings are intact and old there and um, it has a lot of that uh, and it's really funny the building I work in is 
Like, there's so many pre-Civil War buildings there. It's crazy. And, like, the building I work in is pre-Civil War, and we just have so many freaky things happen all the time. We're always, like, documenting them. Yeah, we're like, oh, my gosh, remember that night? Like, we were all standing here, and the lights went off. Or, like, it's really weird. And we have these, like, bottles that will fall. Like, and we look at the cameras, and the cameras... It's, like, paranormal activity. It's weird. Yeah, and it's just, like, it's... Yeah, it's all the time, and I feel like it's it, like that in Kentucky is like kind of a thing where um, that happens a lot. And there's oh. yeah, there's just a lot of people. That, there's a lot of ghost tours in in Louisville and Kentucky yeah. in general. So, <laughs> how do you feel that that's like informing your writing now? I mean, like this this idea of I mean a sense of a past and like yeah. a sense of like that the past doesn't let go; it just keeps kind of popping up and you know I mean that's kind of the idea of what ghosts are right is that it's the past popping up and and so did you actually approach this overall album with that idea of like digging into the past or you know or other people's past that kind of thing yeah I think I thought I think you know as a band there's a lot of co-writing on this album which is maybe one of the coolest Parts of it, not just uh, like musically, but also there's a few songs lyrically that we've like co-written and things together too. So it's just interesting to see how the bond of people playing together slowly starts to evolve into this like cool family sort of collaboration thing. And it, I think it took us, you know, I think. I remember at four years, we were like, oh, four years, we're kind of getting in a groove. Now we've been playing together like seven years. And it's mm. like, oh, man, seven years is like w- the real groove. <laughs> like, where you're like right. there's all sorts of different stuff happening where you, you know, kind of get to know each other into the next level of that. And um, I feel like that's that sort of... Um, where a lot of the music comes from. It just comes from the bond that we've formed, not only with each other, but with the people that we play for and that come to see us like constantly and uh, how we've started not only just writing for each other, but we write for them as well. So like, it's like that writing where we like, we, you know, we're incorporating everything together and forming um, albums that way. So, yeah. So when you originally wrote the song, was it as fast or as slow as you originally brought yeah, it out? the tempo's kind of the same. It's not It's oh. not too different. It's like pretty, it's kind of like a mid-tempo um, song. Yeah. Um, but it does have obviously a lot more layers of yeah. things that are kind of going through it. And hmm. we've like, you know, added, subtracted, and sort of like taken, you know, do that, done that in a way to kind of make it the structure of the song more cohesive. Yeah. But um yeah, it's not it's not too different, but uh yeah, it it did did form into this really great melody that I like really enjoy. Like the beginning and the beginning part with the piano and how that comes in is like one of my favorite parts in the record. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. it's just an album that our band as a whole is really proud of. You know, we spent a year and a half on it and everyone is really really loves it and we're super proud of the songs that are on it um i feel like it's the most sort of like optimistic album that we've made uh in that way and just like really emotional and it like kind of takes you through the whole that whole journey so um i'm just really happy that we got to do it we did the whole thing live as well like i think that's another thing i didn't mention so the whole thing is was done live in a room 
um, together. So yeah. it's you also get like that just sense of what it's like to see us live um, when you're listening to yeah. it. And so it's okay. like even the vocals, everything was just like two takes. We, you know, we get through it and then um, be like, do we like it? Do we not like it? Okay, yeah. It wasn't like no overdubs, no fixing anything or going back and doing that stuff. So, yeah, that's like kind of another really unique part of it because there's a seven-minute song on this album. Yeah. So, like, that that song, I mean, we played it three times, you know, and it's like that's the song and, like, the idea of you know doing a seven minute song all together live in one room with a lot of different cues and people coming yeah. in is is really hard and I don't if we hadn't been playing together for all these years and really knowing each other in this right. way I don't think we could have made the album like this so yeah that's that's really cool yeah. so I, I, I'm gonna like pop over to the whole uh, your your overall I guess your discography um, I've noticed that you know you had Tolono you had lay these weapons sound and then you now have Speaking of witches, uh-huh. but I also noticed your album covers are all like paintings. Uh-huh. Is that has that is it all the same artist? It's all the same artist. Uh, his name's Peter Carlson, okay. and um, he lives in Orcas Island, uh, out in Washington State. And oh. so he is my best friend. We've known each other for yeah. twenty years or so. So I have three, three or. How many? Three or four albums that I made before I met um, the Train Men. So he's done. This is my actual like, as a total artist, this is my eighth album that I'm putting out, and uh, he he's done every single album cover that I've ever done. Wow. So this one is no exception. It's a block print. It looks very different than the other ones, but it's a block print yeah. that he did as a Christmas card. Actually, one year, the story behind it, which is kind of cool, is that I wanted to bring a gift to the studio for them because it was really generous of them to let us. Come come and record there yeah. and so I was looking through all my stuff because I'm like gosh they probably have everything you know yeah. like you know I don't need to bring them stuff or whatever but I found this little framed Christmas card that I had and I mm. thought this is really beautiful little block print I'm going to bring this as a gift for them and so I brought it and when I when we were driving up to the studio it was snowing and it the uh. The Christmas card looks exactly like the studio. It's crazy. It was like this whole, it was just a mirror. And I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't even, how would I have known this? Like, how would I have, and how would, yeah. like, it was so weird how your future, like, kind of finds you. Like, that's yeah. what I felt like. I felt like, oh, I was meant to come here and do this all the, the whole time. Like, I, I saw this picture in my mind the whole time. Uh-huh. So, it that's kind of why that we, you know, we ended up making it to cover the album as well. So, yeah. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246.
Good or bad, what are your memories like of like the Champaign-Urbana music scene? Like, what were your favorite venues or your least favorite venues? And yeah. I guess maybe I should ask, ask like one simple question. So, uh, what was your? Do you have a favorite show that you played in the Champaign-Urbana music scene? There's a couple. I would say we had some pretty awesome shows at Cowboy Monkey. There were time. Yeah, we had some really amazing shows that we did there in the time that we lived here. Um, also, like Mike and Molly's, that when it was a thing, that patio was really, really fun. And I know there's a pat- the Seven Saints is a thing now there, and um, but I've never played there, so I just I haven't been there. They since don't then. have very many shows yeah. so far, but yeah, they're, I, th- I feel like they're trying to get it back, like get it going, yeah. yeah. So those those were probably the two places that we had really. I remember we opened for Beauty Shop when they did that show. Remember that? Oh yeah. And that John had been playing with us for quite a little bit on and off filling in and he wasn't playing with us then but we had been trying to get him to do a beauty shop reunion because we were in obsessed with that band we love beauty shop right. and the songwriting and then he asked us to open for him when they did that and that was just that was probably one of the best shows we played in Champagne. it was just oh, amazing because right. it was just such a full the high dive it was at the high dive when that was still a thing yes. and like right before that changed and then um, it was just a and with all of our friends and really, really great time. So yeah. that was super fun. And then also one time I opened for Damien Gerardo at Exile yeah. and that was, was that really with cool. Was that no? no, it was just through a house show that they were doing for Damien Gerardo and like Seth asked me to open it and I just remember that being one of the most coolest shows because he'd been an idol of mine forever. I was just obsessed yeah. with his music and so getting to open that for it was yeah. really, really cool. So, yeah. Is there like a favorite artist that you still appreciate from the Champagne Urbana music scene or I mean I, I, other than like I guess Beauty Shop but yeah. um, the, the one that you're like I still enjoy and still hear what they're still producing or even oh, if yeah. they're not producing anymore but oh yeah I feel like so much and there's just so much that's happening here like Eric our bass player he was just he was just playing with that band Primitive Lights which they're gonna play tonight they're amazing. Like they're blowing my mind just with the the stuff that Tim's put out recently from that. I love that so much. Every I mean Elsinore like I've been playing shows with Elsinore with Ryan for, you know, he my first first record that I put out in 2007 yeah. um Elsinore and uh, like played with us. So in Chicago. So they've always been just mentors of mine, you know, people that I've known. One of the reasons I came here, you know, in general, um, also Matt, you know, Talbot, he worked on our record Tolona with us, and so now he's doing all this solo stuff, and I mean, the, the music coming here and making music with people this talented in this community really like informed now where I've gone on and kept moving as a songwriter and as a musician because um, I don't live here anymore and it's sad like I miss it for sure but Mm. it was such an influential step in like kind of going on and like doing more stuff so yeah so how would you say it compares with the Louisville area like Uh, that music scene um you know it's not Louisville is amazing. Like, the music scene there is really, really cool. Lexington is even really cool. I feel like it's definitely different. There's definitely, you know, more venues and stuff in Louisville, but it just kind of depends on what you're looking for. Like, you know, people are 
working there as musicians, but there's also a lot of opportunity here to work as a musician too. Right. So I don't think it's it's really that different. It just kind of depends on where you're like where you're headed. You know, I, I think the one thing that Louisville has that. Uh, is priceless is they have an amazing radio station which is WFPK which is one of the it's still like independent listener like radio oh. stations so they can like it's it's funded by NPR but um, they can play whatever they want and right. um, you know they do a ton for local artists and they oh. sponsor like all these really big shows and they do these live lunches like every Friday where they broadcast like local bands and like nice. talk to people so yeah so that's the one thing Louisville does really they really really support local artists just like champagne does but it's just you know a larger market so <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah 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 champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support jubilee cafe jubilee cafe is a free weekly meal program at community united church of christ 805 south 6th street in champaign illinois Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's Jubilee dot cafe at community dash ucc dot org what's your favorite non-musical thing oh yeah um well uh we were drinking some wine here, so yeah. that is one thing. I'm a sommelier level one, so I'm working on getting my sommelier um, certified uh, level two, oh. um, probably in fall. So I've been like kind of studying for that. Uh, so that's one thing I, I get really into is wine. Um, so, so studying does that mean just sitting there and drinking? drinking? <laughs> that's what a lot of people. It's like it's like a great excuse for like be like drinking a lot, yeah. but. The amount of study, it kind of is pretty intense, like as yeah. far as the studying goes, like oh, yeah. learning. the You have to do like a tasting portion and a service portion and a written, uh, like, you know, multiple choice about like geography and things like that. So it's it's kind of, it is a, definitely, it's a hard test, but I've liked it because um, doing wine stuff, I'm, I'm also a server in Louisville, so I work at a restaurant with the pretty cool wine list and like really great culinary program and so that's helped me taste better it's helped me be more present it helps me I say it helps me even with my songwriting as well because like when you learn start to learn about wine you learn about history you learn about um like process and like how you know all these things are made but then you also like learn about your senses more and how to taste better and smell better and in in a way that helps you be kind of more present and like see art better as well so yeah Um, very cool so here's an odd question Uh, what is the verb of being a sommelier 
Oh. What's the ver- Are you like somaliating? Oh, um No. I think the verb of some like when you're actually working, um I think you're just it's just some, like it's sort of just a label like you're a sommelier and then when you're on the floor suggesting wine I think you just yeah doing that, that I'm sorry that that was my pressure question like, oh, no um no I, I yeah but you know that's on the, the level two test you have to know you that have to verb. Know yeah yeah <laughs> I better look it up <laughs> figure it out uh, yeah so um well that's great so would you are, are you actually looking to uh, actually function in a position of the sommelier of a restaurant is that would that be like the end goal or are you just enjoying the experience of learning how to be a sommelier yeah well right now at my at the restaurant i work at there's there's me and one other guy and we're the only like level one sommeliers and so when we get to be level two we still kind of are the sommeliers like on the floor even though we also are serving I don't know if I would want to like make the leap to like keep going through all the levels and actually just do that in a restaurant like fine dining in a restaurant or like do you know a lot of times you can become a beverage director or like become do something like that like in a restaurant with with that kind of job and I like working in the restaurant industry, but I don't know if I want to jump into like a full-time job in that way because a lot of times a full-time job of that is like 60 or 70 hours a week. Right now I'm like at 40 and I'm like, I'm probably good there. So right. yeah, yeah. Right. Let's, let's hear a description of... Yeah, flyby. Oh. So uh, let me shake it a little bit. So it's California Pinot. I think it's... And I'm not exactly sure where that is, but I think it's North Coast. So super light, um, like very mild tannins. Uh, You get a lot of like cranberry. That's one thing you get with like a light skin grape. So it's like a lot of cranberry notes, a lot of strawberry, a little bit of, tiny little bit of black tea, which is something you usually find in like, um, like Oregon Pinot Noir. So that's like, you um, mean from like the Willamette Valley? Willamette Valley. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But then you just get just really light, uh, kind of even body tannins, medium acidity. Um, and it's just great wine that would like pair well with, um, you know, something like even like a salmon or something like, you know, with a bit of like a, a heavier sauce or if you wanted to do, um, what else goes really well with Pinot's? Like you get like, um, it doesn't necessarily go well with like red sauces, but if you get, um, something like a meat, like a pork or something like that, right. it can go really well with pork. So yeah. So like a beef bolognese. No, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a great wine. It's really good. It's kind of opening up, too, as we're sitting here and drinking it. Really so y- you didn't know that this would be a Somalia test here. Yeah. <laughs> Where you'd be Somaliizing. Podcast yes. Well. well, I think that kind of great. that kind of packs it up. And, and uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah. listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Rebecca Arrigo reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live.
You almost have an NPR voice, it's so good. Studio South Beaker on the inside.